to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 296. This episode is sponsored by Ned. You can get a discount on the Ned products by going to helloned.com. The discount code is GGW. Perhaps you've been interested in the CBD world. You've heard a lot about it. You've been maybe seeing a lot of posts about it. You're not really sure what the heck this is all about. HelloNet is a really great company. We've really enjoyed working with them. We love their products. We love what they stand for. So it's a great way to check it out too. And they're really helpful if you have questions about it and want to learn more about it before you even uh, purchase anything. Or maybe you want to just ease your way into it by getting the most amazing chapstick ever. Guys, I I know that we really harp on this chapstick. I, I know, want, we really do. I want, to clarify, I want you to really understand. I don't form strong opinions about chapstick. Claire never does, no. And I've I, never heard her talk about any product like no. this. And I will like stop strangers on the street and be like, have you ever used hemp chapstick? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I was in, we went skiing the other day and I was on the bus and it's so dry. Mm-hmm. And I was like using my chapstick and someone was like looking at me. They didn't even ask me about something. And I was like, oh my God, have you tried hemp chapstick? <laughs> and they were like, all right, psycho pregnant lady. <laughs> You just hand them a card that says discount code GGW. Yeah. I was like, you can use my discount code. <laughs> You're like, okay. I'm a pusher. I'm a chapstick pusher now. You really are. A hemp lip, <laughs> lip balm pusher. There's the best. Um, but their CBD tinctures are, there's no THC. So that's a question we always get. They come in three different concentrations. Ned recommends starting with the lower dose and then working your way up if you don't see um, the benefits that you're wanting to see just for no other reason than that some people respond to lower doses and the lower dose one is cheaper so there's no reason for you to like hit the ground running right unless you already know that you prefer a higher dose and the other thing too with the lower dose sometimes we get comments from people who are like i didn't notice a difference at all like well you could just take more so you know if you're only, if you're taking one dropper full of the low dose a day and you're not seeing any results then just take more cuz you can't yeah. You can't overdo it with CBD. I really don't think you can. No, they I actually mean, have said that test before. Like, you can't over overdose on CBD. It's I mean, not, not like, that I would not that I would recommend like drinking the whole bottle, but I'm yeah. pretty sure even if that like accidentally happened, you'd you'd probably just take a nice nap. You'd probably just be like so relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, so head to hellomed.com, discount code GGW. It also is it's just like a good time of year to try out new things, guys. Yeah. We are new year, new you, new year, new habits, <laughs> or supporting your old habits with some CBD. You're right. Yay! All right. So thank you for supporting the podcast again. That's helloned.com. Discount code GGW. Happy New Year, everybody! How's your New Year's resolution going, Claire? What was my New Year's resolution? <laughs> it was your word. Oh yeah, I was like, did I make a New <laughs> Year's resolution? So present. You're so present that you just so totally present. forgot your presence. I thought uh-huh. I was like, am I supposed to be working on something right now? <laughs> Oh, crap. crap. What did I do? What, oh. I miss? <laughs> uh, what day is it? I saw this great New Yorker cartoon that was like, this is going to be the best year ever once we figure out what day of the week it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like That's I, how last week felt. Yes. Oh, so weird. I woke up on Wednesday morning and I just had to keep reminding myself, it's Wednesday, it's Wednesday, yeah. it's Wednesday. Like, it's not Monday, it's Wednesday. I know. Very confusing. It just throws you off, even if you're like, you know, in a schedule. Yeah, no, very confusing. I don't think I've really changed a whole lot yet. Actually, that's not true. The one thing I've done so far is I deleted this Facebook app off my phone. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to like these, the the theme or the word or whatever that we pick or that I pick anyway, I still break it down, you know, try to find like actionable things that I can do. And so one of the first things that I thought of was trying to really decrease my screen time. And on my phone, like, you know, I was 
getting up towards six hours a day. And I'm not like working on my phone. I don't have a job. So kind of hard to work on your phone. Yeah. Um, but doesn't it feel like sometimes when you're on your phone, you feel like you're being productive? Yeah, all the time. Well, especially yeah. like with the podcast, I'm always like yeah. and responding to DMs. Right. And stuff. But like at the end of the day, we're not getting like five DMs every minute. Mm-mm. You know, like Mm-mm. I could easily respond to DMs with like a couple time, a couple checks a day. Right. Like setting times to check. Right. Like which they recommend men doing is like setting time to check your email, setting exactly. like giving yourself only a certain amount of time to do it. Yeah. And so I wasn't doing that. And so the first thing that I did was I deleted the Facebook app off my phone, which immediately decreased my screen time by like 25 percent in that first week because I just was realizing like. I don't really, my personal Instagram or Facebook, and even our girls gonna watch Facebook, like that's not where we get most of our interactions. Most of our, more of our interactions come on Instagram than on Facebook. And occasionally we'll get a Facebook message and, you know, I'll easily respond later that day. Like that to me feels more like an email. And my personal Facebook, I don't post that much on there and I certainly don't comment or like. So I literally was just scrolling. Anyway, so I deleted that and I still have the pages app if I need to check something for Girls Gone Wild. I still have the messenger app, like, you know, because they have all the off spin-off apps. But it was great. It's been great. I don't miss it at all. And now I'm finding that I'm only logging into Facebook on the computer like a couple times a week. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. And you haven't missed anything. I haven't missed anything. Your life hasn't been negatively impacted. It has not been impacted at all, actually. Like, I've just some... Anyway. And so then I'm also really trying to keep myself from spending that much time on Instagram also. I'll go on to post or and I'll go on like a couple times a day just to see. And also like, you know, we read all the DMs that we get, but a lot of them I don't feel like need to be re- replied to. You know, like oh, I think most people DM us without the expectation of having a reply and or if I do reply it's just like this like laughing face. Right. It's not, you know, most of what we get is not like I don't have to sit there and compose a reply. So that's my first thing that I've been working on is just like backing off on social media and trying to be more present with just the moment. So I'm not like we went out to anniversary dinner the other night and didn't even take my phone. I You, you didn't know, take your phone? I didn't even take it. So there Like were, you left it at home? Yeah. No pictures were taken of my cheese board that day. <laughs> oh, man. That was the one thing I was like, man, this Did is it good even looking. exist? Did it happen? I know. I was like, this is a good looking cheese board. I wish I could Instagram this. <laughs> but no, you guys will just have to take my word for it. What about you? Uh, so I decided on a whim. I don't know if it's a whim. I saw it on New Year's Eve on our local news channel about dry January. And I was like, huh, I've never heard of that before. Dry January. Apparently it's been around for a long time. And there was a doctor talking about it and it's all about just no alcohol for the month of January. And there's an app associated with you with it. And it's sponsored, or I guess the organization is called Alcohol Change in the UK. And it is a charity and they're just trying to do education, information, research, fund research, and help people who need to find support around alcohol or alcohol abuse. And while I don't have an alcohol use problem, uh, I saw this and I was thinking about it on New Year's Eve. And of course, we're like eating and drinking and having a great time. And the next day I woke up and I was just like, you know what, that's that's something that I feel I, – I downloaded the app and I was just kind of looking at it, right? This is like New Year's Day. So I still hadn't like decided. But um, what I just thought about was this is something that feels like – I guess you could argue that alcohol really doesn't serve your body in any way, shape, or form. 
mentally, I'm sure people could argue that it makes you relax. It's nice to connect with your friends and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not saying that alcohol is like 100% bad. Please do not misunderstand me. But what I just felt like doing was challenging my mind and my habits because I do have a tendency to rely on a glass of wine when I come home from work, or I'll just kind of find myself like in the spin of like, oh, I just really want a glass of wine. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine and all, but I don't feel, I don't always feel good about just having that reliance or feeling like that's my reward. It really was kind of turning into a reward mentality. So I'm like, well, I just want to try this because I kind of want to challenge my habits. And I don't have a relationship, a negative relationship with alcohol in the sense that I feel like it is so hard for me to quit for 30 days. And then all of a sudden I'm just going to go into binge mode. Like I don't, that's just not how I am. So I don't know if it's really appropriate for people who have that relationship. And they also recommend that you don't do it if you're like really a heavy drinker, because it actually could have really, uh, alcohol withdrawal, if you're really abusing it, it could have really negative health, health effects if you just stop cold turkey. So that was just kind of something that I was like, this app is really cute. First of all, um, it has some really great articles and it really just felt like something that I was like, I feel like this could contribute, contribute to my health and kind of challenge my thinking around it. Because again, it's not like I have really heavy usage, but I don't know. And I'm also just kind of like taking it day by day. But at, at the same time, I'm like, it actually feels really good to not have to rely on the thought of like at the end of the day being like, oh, I get to have a glass of wine. I'm like, well, why do I do that? You know, it's like, it's fine, but it's like, I don't know. Like right, I do like kind of feel like crap. And I do feel like sometimes I get in the cycle of like feeling like I have to, I have to like ration my my alcohol throughout the week. Well, I'm like, okay, well, I had wine last night. So I guess I can't, I started doing that like whole, like planning and bargaining thing. And I was just like, just "Mm, doesn't feel necessary. Doesn't feel necessary. And so do you remember that you had this exact same experience when we did the whole 30 around wine? Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's exactly kind of what I was thinking too, is I was like, because this also doesn't feel like anything related to food. Like it feels like something where I still have a habit that's just not like making me feel a hundred percent great. But I really just kind of wanted to like if if at the end of 30 days I have some insight, great. I'll call it a win. I may go back to the exact same patterns, but I'm like, if I have some insight and I do love that, you know, the whole 30 did teach me a lot about like some relationships with food, but I felt like this was pretty cut and dry <laughs> of I'm not like you know, worrying about my diet every single day. I'm just cutting out this one thing that I felt like was kind of nagging me. So um so I'm doing that. And then as far as just overall raising the bar, I thought it was pretty funny because, um, first of all, everyone gave me such good ideas for um, words. And I think a couple that come to mind, thank you to people who recommended some words to me to kind of put it into one word, is elevate and potential, which I really I really liked. I really like potential because I feel like there's a lot of things that uh, relate to what I was saying. It's like me asking the big questions, like what's the potential there and why don't we believe in our potential? So that is really good. But what I thought was funny was when we were doing the ticket sales for our episode 300 party, you know, my whole fear with everything is like, oh my gosh, no one's going to show up. And like, we nearly sold it out in a day. We probably only have, it's like maybe while you're, when you're listening to this, I don't know if we'll have any tickets left. And I was like, well, how funny, like that is a perfect example of me raising the bar of my, the beliefs in ourselves or in myself, at least of like what we can do and that people will show up. (laughs) If you play Mean Girls, we will, they will come. Or just, they will come anyway, because we have yet to, like, (laughs) One time, the very first event we did, only like 
five people showed up. Yeah. And we didn't advertise it like really we at all. We didn't advertise it. We were just, but it was since then, kind we of. We have never had not some, like any, anything we've done where no one has shown up. Right. Exactly. Um, but that was like my first test of raising the bar mentality. Yeah. I was like, oh, I totally sold myself sh- short there. Yeah. I think I like just you keeping it as raising the bar. And the reason I like that is because I feel like the phrase raising the raising the bar feels very action oriented. I agree. And I think like for you, you really get stuck in your head. Uh-huh. And so that I'm my my hope for you for this year is to bring yourself out of your head and just Great. like I like that. Like stop stop worrying and stop thinking about it oh too much. At some point yeah. you just gotta like go down the water slide. You just gotta go down the water slide. Yeah, jump off the high dive. Yeah, right. for sure. So so far so good. Good. There was one other thing, oh, that we didn't talk about last week, which was the post I made about people over double taps. Oh, yeah. So that kind of ties in. I was just thinking about that as a sure. after I stopped talking about Facebook um, yeah. kind of ties in. I think one thing also that I wanna us as a podcast to focus on this year is bringing more tangible value to the social media space. But what I mean by that is like, you know, how can we provide more of like a platform for people to connect with each other? How can we, you know, have posts that are just kind of more like relatable and like, you know, kind of try to avoid playing the Instagram game, Yeah, which is hard. It's really hard. And it's hard. I think about that all the time because it's like what sells is a, B, and C. Like that's a pretty, right. I mean, in pretty the last, straightforward formula. And in the last two months, we have lost. We have like a net loss of followers. Yeah. yeah. Which I was like at first, I was like, ah, how do we get these people back? Like we got to start posting more pictures of joy on the you know rope climb or whatever. Right. And it was like, wait a minute. If those people don't want to follow us, then they're not you know adding anything to the conversation, and yeah. we wish them well. And yeah. the people who we do have, you know, our, our online presence feels as good as ever. And it might have been fake accounts that Instagram just found and wiped them out. Or it you know? people who were like, I'm getting rid of Instagram for New Year's. Who knows? But it's just interesting to me, like my initial reaction to that was like, I was, it freaked me out. And I was like, what do we do? What do we do? And I was like, wait a minute, calm down. It's not like, you know, 10,000 people just unfollowed you. It was like a couple dozen. Just like trying to be very mindful about my knee-jerk reactions around social media for the podcast and then also using that to try to be more mindful about like, okay, how can we, you know, post more pictures? And we've talked about this before of like, how, how can we post things that make people feel good when they see them? Like selfies with JT and, you know, sort of like on the lighthearted side, things that make people feel good when they see it. And then on the less lighthearted or the, you know, more substantial side, what can we be posting and providing that really brings value to people and I think those are the types of posts about just like being honest about our experiences in different ways and different situations, you know, that are things that not a lot of people will talk about. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my hope for us. For yeah. And it's kind of like the, the, the opposite thing to do, which like, or the unpopular thing to do, I guess, in terms of like, you know, all the people out there that are making millions on their Instagram accounts, which is probably not a lot, but people who kind of like claim that you can make a business out of Instagram and social media and whatnot. I know that's true, but it also kind of comes with a territory of kind of being a little shallow in my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. I could probably get... I feel like there's a lot of accounts out there that I see where I'm like, wow, how did you... Like, I feel like you just came on the scene. How do you already have like 50,000 followers? And I'm like, oh, because your posts feel like a carbon copy of every other post that I see. Yeah, the formula that I see is that that kind of like works as far as followers go is 
very fit, scantily clad, working out pictures, perfect makeup with perfect houses and pretty, like everything looks pretty, right? There's just a lot of yeah, pretty and I aesthetics. Think, like though, I think the, the formula I see uh, is the, like- The fitfluential, like the fitfluential yes, stuff. The, the, so there's that, but then there's like the famous people who just have followings I mean, no matter fine. what, right? Like we're but, not but talking like, about that. Yeah. The, the fitness influencers that I see tends to be a mix of like these like you know, you ha- you either are a photographer or you have a photographer who's like your best friend or like yeah. your coach or something. So right. your photos of you working out are all are literally professional yeah. grade. And then, and in addition to that, you also post like just enough candids of like, you know, <laughs> I'm real. Yeah, I'm, I'm real. a real boy. I'm, exactly. I'm a real person. I, you know, have insecurities and, and the, like those posts are important. Like I think those are the For ones. For sure. But I yeah. think there's like this ratio of like, 80%, I always look this good in the gym. 20%, no, I don't. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. There's Eliza Schlesinger has, oh, no, no, no. It's, um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I totally blanking on her name? Hold on, I got to look it up. She, she's a comedian who did, she's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and she did a, a show. Um, okay, side note, while I was looking this up, I just yeah. remembered I had a dream last night that I was a stand-up comedian. Whoa. And... I became friends with Reese Witherspoon and Matthew McConaughey, and we went to Hawaii with them. Amazing. After my stand-up show. Didn't you see – no, who did you see on the plane? Woody, you and Brandon – Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. I sat – not just saw him, sat next to him. I still can't believe you saw John Stamos on a plane, and he told you you were pretty. No, Woody Harrelson was sitting next to us eating, like, some disgusting raw vegan bowl of who knows what. Lawn. Sprouted. Lawn in a bowl. Something, yeah. something sprouted. Yeah. Did he bring it or did the plane provide that for no, him? Because that's he not, brought it. I was going to say, I'm like, did they like know he was coming? That's so crazy. Did Brandon talk to him? I can't yeah. remember this story. Yeah, but he okay. especially talked to his wife. He oh, his got wife it. Pals. Anyway, okay. Did you find the thing? Sorry. Yes. So Chelsea Peretti, she's an amazing comedian, and she was on. She is on Brooklyn Nine Nine. But anyway, she did this whole whole bit. If I totally recommend if you haven't watched it on Netflix, her Netflix special is called one of the greats and it is so good. I I watch it all the time. If I like just need a good dose of funny female, but she has this whole bit about, she's like, there's this Instagram, there's this Instagram phenomenon going on where it's like hashtag no makeup. And like, (laughs) she just kind of like over dramatizes this whole thing of like this girl. She's like, and Cassandra is going on Instagram with no makeup. And like all the followers are like, and then she jokes about this one guy that that comes on the comment section. She's like, and he rides up in his wife, white horse and says, but Cassandra, you look better without makeup. (laughs) And then she's like, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. That post. (laughs) So watch the special. It's I did not do it justice. It is so funny how she does this whole bit about like how she's like, women are brave enough to go on Instagram and hashtag no makeup. I mean, I know it's like probably about five years old, but it's still so funny to me. And I totally like lost track of like where we started with that whole thing, but Uh, just like authentic and fake authentic Instagram posts. But anyway, yeah, like I know, being, it just cracks me up. And I yeah. love I think like, you know, I don't I know people are gonna be like, Well, you know, that's hard for some people. Like that's going out of their comfort zone, you know. Great. If you you know, if it's really like if it's hard for you to post on I'm Instagram having, about that, I'm giving Claire like this like Yeah, like uh-oh. really but I think like the people we're talking about are like the influencers who who knowingly make those posts for the purpose of getting more followers. Anyway, what we're trying to say is we're not gonna do that. I don't even remember the last time I wore makeup on Instagram. <laughs> You should start the hashtag makeup. 
exactly I wear is makeup. <laughs> oh my I'm gosh. being brave and I'm going to put on makeup. I know, right? Right. Yeah. That would be hilarious. I should like learn to contour just for Instagram. Oh my gosh. I will say, actually, have you seen those little like ring lights, the mini ones that clip onto your phone? Totally. My I, hairdresser has one. Oh, I feel like those are kind of cool. Those are really cool. Like, I could, because she does it for her hair photos yeah. after people are done. And she has, it's great. I'm like, that's perfect. Because Lord knows not every day I like come in with like a great face of foundation that, right. you know, is going to look perfect in a photo. <laughs> yep. And there's no filters that can do justice for that. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I want to read a couple emails from listeners if we can uh, do that for a moment, because uh, we got some really good emails lately and they're kind of all over over the map. But one is from a listener who wanted to talk about a word for the new year. And I love that you guys are doing this. I know we did not start this, so it's not like our idea, but I love that everyone is kind of using this for their life. Her word for 2019 is intention. She said, I want this year to be one where I'm making intentional choices about what I want my life to be like rather than just letting things happen to me, which I love that mentality. I think it's so important to remember that we're not, we're not, our life doesn't happen to us and that we can make like life happen. And I can totally relate to that. She says, my kids are five and eight. And for the past few years, I feel like I've been living one step above survival mode, allowing life to wash over me. I finally feel like we're at a point where it's possible to really take some intentional steps to make our life into something that we've designed rather than something that has just happened to us. My husband and I look at each other sometimes like we're stuck in that talking head song once in a lifetime. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. I love that song, by the way. Uh, she says, this year, I want to question my assumptions, big and small, make decisions with a purpose, with intention. It feels good to write that out. Thanks for the nudge. <laughs> Oh, thank you. That was a great email. I'm not going to use her name just in case. And then I really, really, really love when you guys write about your marriage hacks and just kind of like your, not marriage woes, but the funny parts of marriage and how normal it is. The real parts of marriage. The real parts of marriage. And I laughed so hard at this and I hope she's, I'm not going to use names again, but she says, my husband likes his coffee room temperature and it's mostly creamer. That's disgusting enough. But since he prefers it room temperature, he swallows the whole cup in one gulp and makes a gulping noise. I try to ignore it to focus on all the other sounds in the room, but I can't look away when I know it's coming. If you think this is silly, then you have obviously never lived with a gulper. Number two, he loves paper and office supplies. Very detail-oriented and organized. There's no reason for us to save instruction manuals for every single item in the house or his college term papers. He graduated in 2010. I asked him to go through boxes of these papers. I asked him to go through these boxes of these papers 11 months ago with just one or two, what's the plan for this reminder since then? Yet it all sits on a table in our basement. Sometimes I just go look at it and dream about packing it all up in the back of the car and taking it to the recycling center. Would he notice? Yes, he would, because he likes paper and office supplies. <laughs> Perhaps if I sneakily add go through obsolete paper in the basement to the post-it note to-do list again with paper he keeps in his pocket it will get done it felt good to get that off my chest thanks for listening (laughs) I love my like one of my favorite things that we have developed over the years is that what's the plan for this like that just what is the plan I I almost snapped a picture of of one yesterday and I was like god no because Scott's like really on this like fine line of getting sensitive about things I say on the podcast like he saw the comments last week from like our episode he didn't listen to the episode but he saw comments and he knew that like we were talking about Brandon and, and Scott and he's like 
what are you saying about me? I'm like, it's fine. Nothing. Brandon always asks that too. He's like, what do you, but Brandon does listen more than Scott does. He doesn't listen to all of them, but he'll be like, you know, what are you, what do you always say about us? Like, are you just like ragging on us? I'm like, no, 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 we're not. It's the opposite. And I know. And I think Scott, Scott thinks the same thing that we're just like bashing. I'm like, you have no idea how great you, you guys look like, the reason we talk about this is because we love you so much. Like, we, right? We're just if we were having like massive issues, trust me, we would be mute, silent about this stuff. Exactly. Um, uh, yesterday, I almost snapped a picture of one because he has so many, so many pairs of shoes, so many pairs of shoes. God love the man; he loves shoes. And we have like a Mount Everest pile of shoes near our front entryway that just keeps growing. And yesterday, I just wanted to snap a picture and post it on Insta Stories. What's the plan for this? Because there's like so many shoes and he claims one in one out but i've yet to kind of see that happen i swear it's two in one out every like i don't even i don't think i've ever experienced out (laughs) (laughs) just still in just in um a couple people posted on that uh on our podcast post last week she said my husband because this is the comment i think scott was referring to she said my husband also had two weeks off around christmas and i didn't and wanted to maybe scream every time i got home and and he hadn't gotten off the couch all day (laughs) Um, someone said my neighbor has a really loud sneeze and his wife made him start knocking on something before he does it to warn everyone when it's coming. (laughs) I swear if I told Scott to do that, he would kill me. So keep the marriage stories coming. We love reading about it, even if it's fun and it's in jest. I think it's great. This, this is a great question because this comes up a lot for me. So this is related to marriage. She said, just listen to the news episode. I wanted to ask a question about how you two handle a few things within your marriages. I'm 26, so I'm very much in a transitional stage with working on a lot of things within myself and trying to become who I am. I find it a little hard to do this, but also include my husband on my ideas and plans. This is because I want to feel like I'm accountable with goals to myself, not to him. How do you include your husbands with these things? I'm also curious how you plan for your days and weeks to ensure you have alone time. Sometimes I get really frustrated when my husband asks, what do you want to do today? Because sometimes I just want to do what I feel like doing. <laughs> You've talked about literally that exact thing. Yet for Scott yep. be like, what do we do today? And you're like, I don't. I want to ah. rip head off. I And bless his heart. Like I, He knows this. Like I'm not telling you guys something. I go, you're not allowed to ask that question. Um, he doesn't need any alone time. I need way more than I'm getting now, which is basically none. So new marriage wants her alone time. I will say it in a nutshell because I think this is something that we could all kind of like have 50 episodes about, but like you just have to, you have to work on it within your relationship of like understanding that it's not personal. Like, okay. So I try to communicate with Scott, like our weekend plans or like what, what is like the absolute must have things that I have to get done that I need to do on my own. And then like within that, we'll plan things around it. Like yesterday we were thinking about going to the Nuggets game. And if it would have happened that, you know, we would have had that piece. We went for a walk in the morning with JT. Like there's things of pockets of things that we do together, but we are just not the type of couple that like needs to do things together all the time. We're just not, we never have been. So I don't, that's our relationship of works for us, but you kind of have to also communicate with your partner of like, what do they need? And I have to remind myself because I can be very selfish and very like center focused around like what I need to get done. And that's kind of like the, the rebel kind of hard headed independent woman that I 
really developed myself to be in my 20s that I was like, no one's going to tell me what to do. I kind of had like a chip on my shoulder around it. So whenever whenever I entered a partnership, I kind of like anything that was threatening that was very like, you can't tell me what to do. But then I realized now it's like, oh, Scott really needs to know these things or that he really needs to have this type of time with me. And it's not like, I need to stop being so self- selfish. Like you have to find your ways to compromise with your partner too. And that takes time. That really takes time. It's not going to be something that you can just like decide and move on with it. Yeah. And I think for me, like one of the biggest things I learned in the kind of early years, and I'm still in the early years. I mean, we just have been married for five years that I really learn a lot is you can never, ever, ever assume that your partner knows what you need and want. And you can't, you know, like she, when she said, I'm not, you know, I'm, I need a lot more alone time than I'm getting right now. Well, you know, then you really need to ask for that. And I think like the, the agreement that Brandon and I have both spoken, unspoken, but also like very, you know, we've talked about it very upfront is that like, it's, if you're not getting something that you need, that's on you and you need to be, you know, unless, unless it's like a long running thing. If you're not getting something that you need and we haven't talked about it a couple of times already and, and you know, then that's on you. Like you can never, ever, ever assume and it's not fair to the other person for you to assume that they are anticipating your needs. And later on down the road, as you continue to get to know people and I mean, you know, you're going to be with this person for 50, 60 years. Like by the time you get to that point, they'll understand like, no, you need some alone time. I actually was, was thinking about recently when Brandon and I first started dating like that second, we'd have been dating for like a year and I tried to take him. It was the first time that I had ever had the opportunity to try to take him to like a house party. And I used to be like really into going to parties and we got there and he just sat upstairs on the couch and fell asleep. And I was livid. I was like, you ruined this night for me. Like this was supposed to be fun. And instead, like I was worried about you the whole time. And like, you were so awkward. Now I know like that was Brandon's literal worst nightmare. Yeah. Was coming out to this party with me. And now I never would do that. Yeah. I would be like, great, Brandon, you stay home. Do what you got to do. I'm going to this party. Right. And but at the time, like, anyway, I just, I just tell that story to give the example of like, eventually you'll, you know, you'll, these things will become second nature, but until they are second nature, you really have to ask what you need. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, just going to your husband and saying, listen, this weekend, I'd really like alone time on Saturday morning. And I'd really like to, and on Sunday, I'm going to do the grocery shopping and I'd like to do that by myself. And I might go to the coffee shop for a couple minutes beforehand just to kind of collect my thoughts. I think that if you are proactive about carving out that time, hopefully he will be very responsive to that. And if he's not, then that gives you an opportunity to have that conversation about, okay, well, then let's talk about, is he feeling like you're ignoring him or abandoning him? That then will give you the opportunity to talk about, this is not personal. It's not that I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah, It's that I personally need, a di- I recharge it a different way than you do. And so, you know, I need that time. And it's hard not to take it personal at first, yeah. especially when you're in a newer relationship. And I think I made the error when we were younger, kind of feeding into the fantasy. I don't think there was as much discussion on social media around partnerships being difficult. And I think I stepped into the Facebook world when it was still kind of like everything's, everyone's posting their best, posting their best life. So I fell victim to the the whole, everything looks perfect on the outside. Why am I not feeling that way? Um, so it took us a long time to kind of work through that. But I think just we're at a point now where it's like, okay, we're both, like, I think relationships really rely so much on the point of when you feel like you're both really in it for the long haul, 
then you can start to kind of relax a little bit. And that, that just took me a long time. Like I was scared to death of just being left like one of my issues, one of my own issues. And so I took a lot of that anxiety out on Scott for a long time. It took us a long time to get through that. And we're at a really good place now. We've been married for 10 years. So (laughs) it just takes some time and patience and know this, like, it's just not going to happen overnight. I think where things go wrong for people is they stop communicating with their partners. They think that the, the partner should be a mind reader and they should know, anticipate their every need. That's just so bull crap. Love this discussion. Continue to send us questions if you if we want to if you want us to keep having these conversations. And I just love kind of normalizing the difficulties in relationships because I think it's really important. Partnerships are hard, but they make us grow. As much as we don't want to look at our own crap and realize that we're imperfect, that is what relationships are meant to do. Sorry to give you that news, but that's just how it goes. Well, and I think it's important too to say like I have definitely gone into situations before like maybe this type of conversation where I feel like already Brandon's getting everything that he needs and I'm not getting anything that I need. So I walk into it with just this mindset of like, you know, your time is up. Your, your turn is over. It's my turn now. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, okay, how can we meet in the middle and have this turn this into like a long-term solution instead of, and, and sometimes taking turns on things is the long-term solution. I personally have found that to not typically be what works for us. And so I also would encourage this person to go into the conversation, you know, with that feeling of, okay, I might have to be okay with getting a little bit less alone time long term than what I'd really like, because my husband really needs that quality. You know, maybe his, I don't know if you guys have ever done like the the love language, I know you have joy, but the person writing has ever done like the love language test. Maybe his number one love language is quality time. And if, Anyone listening, if you guys, if you and your partner haven't done that that quiz, it's just really it's like, really helpful. It's helpful. And I, I highly recommend you reading the books that go along with it because it's yeah, really really seven helpful. Love, love languages. Mm-hmm. Five. It is. Doesn't was, matter. Just Google love languages. Yeah, just come up. Love languages is by Gary Chapman. It's five love languages. Five. It's just so helpful because it really helps give you like insight into, oh, you're not trying to control me, you you know, just really need quality time or wow, you're not like fishing for compliments. Your love language is words of affirmation. Like that's what you need, mm-hmm. you know? So there, it, like, for example, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago and I've gotten a couple of email questions about this. Like Brandon's number one love language is physical touch. I like physical touch might as well not even be on my list. Mm-hmm. I do not right. need it. And don't he, need it. And he yeah. like might as well not have any other languages on his list. And so that's been really, really hard. And I basically, we both have really had to meet in the middle in a place where it's like Brandon, you know, and when I say physical touch, I think like I'm say like Brandon's not getting all his needs met. Like I'm not talking about like just sex, but just anything when it comes to, you know, walking around, holding hands, holding hands when we're out to dinner, you know, snuggling on the couch. Like those are not things I I really want to do. And so we kind of had to meet in the middle of like, if he reaches out for my hand, I can't pull away every time. And so I have to be a little like, okay with being a little bit like we're touching, we're touching, we're touching. <laughs> and then he has to be okay with me after a couple minutes taking my hand back. Yeah. And You're so like, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. You got I'm a full. little bit. Yeah. I'm done, yeah. you know? And so what is that way that like you might just have to be okay long-term with kind of living in this gray area of feeling like I'm getting as much as this person is comfortable giving me. Maybe it's not as much as I really would like in a perfect world, but I'm willing to, you know, meet in the middle here. 
Yeah. I think the other, I will say one last thing about, I'm also thinking of kind of like infidelity and like, cause that will, that's usually like the first go-to is like when people start to have cracks in the relationship, you know, that's, that's, we're susceptible to that. And I think with social media, it's like, it, I don't know. I just see that happening a lot in the, in the world. And I think that what we tend to do is fantasize that things will be better with someone else, um, that your partner can't give that to you, but someone else can. And I'm like, guess what? Guess what? I have news for you. Wherever you go, there you are. I will guarantee you, guarantee you, I will pay you money <laughs> if I'm wrong, that the next person, the exact same things will come up. I promise you. Right. Or maybe I you. they will be better, you know, better at meeting this need of yours, but this other I need that you're taking you for granted that your partner meets every time, that person's going to be a total blind spot. 100%. So if you're in that yeah. scenario right now, I get it. I get that dopamine hit of that tension. I get it. It is short-lived. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> One last resource for partnerships that I think is very helpful. It's been helpful for me. I use it a lot in practice as well is the seven principles for making marriage work by John Gottman. The Gottmans are really great in the couples therapy world. And that is a really great book to read if you are interested in kind of getting some tools. Um, but then couples therapy is also really helpful too. So yeah, do what you got to do. Okay. So I also want to talk about something that kind of came up for me and it is about relationships, but not relation like romantic relationships. But I thought about this the other day, you know how we always see like diet and exercise, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. What if <laughs> this is a tall order? What <laughs> Claire's like downing a glass of water right now. You just like chugged that glass of water. It was I'm just so impressive. <laughs> I well, I also just looked at my hands and they're like all swollen. I'm like, oh, I've got to drink more water. I'm really fighting an uphill battle against finger swelling these days. <laughs> so much finger swelling. Pregnancy, guys. It's why do we, why do we, com why do we combine the words diet and exercise? What if we saw them as two completely different things? Is this a real diet? question? Yeah, because, diet and then extra like d diet and exercise, diet and exercise like that especially with this new year, new year new you, new habits, like why don't we just why don't we divorce those words? Can we? I think a lot of people do without even realizing it, but I I mean from a very practical level, I think they go together. You can exercise all you want if you're eating like crap, you're going to still be unhealthy. Yes, okay. So there's that camp. <laughs> there's science. Yeah. Um <laughs> And then I think on the flip side, if you even if you are eating really, really well, you you know, we always talk about like, the, like it's OK to have aesthetic goals. You probably aren't going to get as far down the road of your aesthetic goals with just diet. The reason I'm asking is because I think we are just on a hamster wheel of just being like diet and exercise, diet and exercise. And I think that, you know, especially with all the discussions that we've had over the years is, OK, my goal of actually saying this is more to do with what you say a lot, Claire, like food is just this neutral thing that nourishes us and that exercise and diet is not a transactional relationship. So I think that's kind of like where our, my mind is going with it is like, yeah. can't, I think if we're coupling them together, I get the whole like health and wellness piece. I get it as far as like, you kind of have to have a good diet to be healthy. You have to exercise to be healthy. But in terms of like the majority of our listeners are already in that world that we can't separate the two. It's hard for us mentally to separate the two. Well, or can a, we look at food as just being neutral? Yeah, there's, and there's a difference between the noun diet and the verb diet. Thank you. Like Yes. Yeah, like yes. the noun diet is now. the food that you eat. The verb yes. diet is like 
has a lot of connotations Correct. around restrictions. Yes. And, and I, so I see, I like, I, I agree with that. Like just yeah. because you're exercising or you're working, you know, you're being active does not imply that you also need to be restricting your food choices yes. and vice, vice versa. If you are right. doing something where you are at a time in your life where you feel restricting your food choices is necessary. And I think there's also like, there's always the exception of like, Hey, I'm training for a powerlifting meet. Like totally. Great. That's awesome. Always you the are, exception. Yes. You are living in this very cool space where you have a very specific goal and very specific training protocols to go around with it. And you probably know whether you're training for a bodybuilding competition or a powerlifting or a marathon or whatever, they're like, that's not forever. We're talking about like the forever mindset where people get into it and it's like, well, this is my life now. Okay, cool. Do you truly feel in your heart of hearts that you can sustain what you're currently doing indefinitely? If the answer is yes, congratulations. I'm very excited for you. Please share your secrets with us. You know, like life, life changes. You know, you don't have to like say, yes, I know, you know, this is always going to work for me. But I think that there, for example, the, you know, the way that I was sort of eating and exercising prior to getting pregnant was like, you know what, if, if I needed to, I could kind of ride this bus forever of mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, making food choices that I know are ingredients that serve my body in the best ways, but not restricting quantity of food, not restricting timing of food. Um, And then just kind of working out like when I trying to work out regularly, but not being crazy about it. Like these are things that I feel like I could do forever Mm -hmm. Um, and not being super concerned about the type of workout I got in. It was like, well, if I'm don't have time to go to CrossFit, then I'm maybe going to go for a hike or I'm maybe going to do something in my garage or I may be just going to like run around extra with miles in the park. Like as long as I get my heart rate up today, that's kind of just my goal. To me, like that's more the question, you know, I, and I see what you're saying of diet and exercise, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. Right. Um, I think it just kind of perpetuates our obsession with all of this stuff. Like I think when we're talking about how we can improve our relationship with diet and exercise, like, I think it would be really helpful for us to separate the words, like separate them from being like this intertwined, we got to be perfect at it. Um, I guess that just kind of like helps me to be like when I'm eating a meal or what I'm like thinking about when I'm going to eat for the day, I'm just like, oh, it's just food. And I don't have to like worry about the exercise. Like you just like to start to kind of like get them in two separate rooms. Like they got some timeouts and they need to like live away from each other. Well, and I think too, like they can complement each other, but they don't have to be tied to one another. Yeah. Like that's kind of, you know, it can be it can be a friendship, not a marriage. Yeah, let's not have this like really complicated, gnarly, entangled relationship. They're, they're like codependent on each other and it's really not a good relationship. Right, like my, so, like my eyebrow waxer always says, sisters, not twins. Sisters, not twins. <laughs> She said that to describe my eyebrows, but I think you can apply it to the situation as well. I love that. <laughs> Sisters, not twins. Okay. So I just, I would love to hear listeners' thoughts around that. I think most of our listeners know what I'm talking about when I'm saying that. It's like, look, we're going to advocate for health till the cows come home. But what I'm not advocating is that we're making this our bucket in life. And I think that's just one little way that we can start stepping away and pulling the fingers off of the tight grip of all of this stuff. Are you excited for your baby shower today? Yes. And I also am like weirdly nervous for it. Why? I don't know. I have no reason to be. I have a really random group of friends. So like, I mean, you're, you know, obviously you're coming. (laughs) Like it's, 
a lot of people just from all over my life, which is great, but it's like, yeah, it, I always, but just, when everyone kind of comes together, yeah, you're kind of like, like, how's, how's, how's this going to work? work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Miles's preschool teacher is going to be there. I'm like, yeah, my mom and like my, you know, just people who never the twain show me in other areas of my life. But yeah. It'll be really fun. And I am excited yeah. to be pregnant enough to have a shower. <laughs> uh, so over this. Can I ask a question from one of our last week's leftover questions? And you don't, I can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it, but someone did ask about how you found the decision to plan a natural birth. Sure. Yeah. Um, I had actually wanted a natural birth with Miles as well. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just comes down to feeling like the childbirth process is, does not need to be a medical process until it does like I think there's a time and place like obviously with miles like I got to the point where I was really exhausted and you know like literally that's why women used to die in childbirth I mean a lot of reasons but one of the reasons is they would be so exhausted and that's why a lot of babies also used to die um you just be so exhausted that it would be like I'm done like I can't do anything else and so but the the premise or the thought or the concept of natural childbirth has always just made a lot of sense to me like this is something that you know women have been doing without medical assistance forever up until really just the last like 100 years or even less. And the more also that I learn about modern day, the history of modern day OB, it's just really like not set up to be empowering for women. The practice, you know, and obviously every OB is different, but the practice of modern day obstetrics, what you know, the roots are really in the father of modern gynecology was experimenting on slaves, like that type of thing. And, you know, so the, just like these, the, the roots of these practices are very much do not include women as humans. Like it was very scientific. And I, so for me, this is also kind of a way to kind of branch out of that and say like, you know what, this is like literally the most unbelievable thing that I believe as a human you can experience physically. Like I'm currently creating a human with my body. That is objectively ridiculous. So ridiculous. Like, and you know, and yeah, I we think, can't, we can't think about it too much. It'll no, like, blow my mind. Yeah. It blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And it should blow my mind. It should blow yeah. everyone's mind. And yet, right. and yeah, it's, you know, and yet people do it 3000, you know, people are, someone's giving birth, 3000 people are giving birth in this minute around the world. So it's like objectively mind blowing. And also, should you know literally one of the most commonplace things that can happen i'm getting like way down now into like birth rhetoric but what i'm trying to get at is that i believe the birth rhetoric and i i think there's i really want there to be a place in our society for it and what what i mean by birth rhetoric is that like really kind of you know this is where a woman can like this is where women can really be the incredibly powerful this is this amazing thing that our bodies can do that men can't do obviously and it's an experience that has the power has really been taken out of it. And so I'm, you know, really want to be a part of an experience personally, having that maternal power kind of brought back in. And I think for me, the way that I hope I can achieve that is with natural birth. The reason that we decided to do a home birth in particular this time was a couple of things. The first one was that at the time when I got pregnant, we had really bad insurance. And so I would not have had an option to have a midwife, a hospital midwife birth covered by my insurance. And the other reason was that even with Miles, when I did have a hospital midwife birth, I still felt like, well, when you're in the hospital, like their house, their rules. And so I wanted to try to find a model of care outside of that. We also live 
less than five minutes from our hospital, which is the only way that I was able to convince Brandon that this was a good idea <laughs> because mm-hmm. like he's literally a nurse and, mm-hmm. you know, has seen firsthand and has definitely studied a lot about what can go wrong. And so he's worried about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like that's the thing. Like I, the first thing I said was it's not a medical, it's not an emergency until it is. And so that's why I think the majority of people have their babies in hospitals is not because they don't think, oh, you know, I'm not meant to do this or I can't do this. It's because, well, I want to be in the right place if me or my baby need immediate help, which I totally get. And I think, you know, that is completely founded. We're five minutes away if that does happen. So I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. Like I said, I tried it naturally with Miles. And at 30 hours, I was not dilated at all. and was like, give me the drugs. And getting mm-hmm. that epidural was like the best experience of my life. It was like the angels mm-hmm. saying when they put that into my spine. Yeah. <laughs> and if that happens again, fine. If not, I'm excited to experience the whole thing. That's exciting. I cannot believe it's like coming up so soon. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like I still have like a I know for you. I'm sorry to say that because I feel like you're just like, uh, you <laughs> so have not been pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like yesterday, oh my gosh, I was at the coffee shop and this older woman came up. She's like, oh my gosh, are you due any day? And I was like, nope. <laughs> And she was like, wow, really? And I was like, yeah, really? I'm just, I'm 5'3". Like, I have no torso. Yeah. <laughs> Where, anyway. Where is it going to go? <laughs> so stupid. I also want to say, I talked at length a couple weeks ago about like, don't comment on pregnant women's bodies. And then I uh, like have posted some pictures of myself pregnant. And people are like, I know I'm commenting on your body, but like, you really look great. I think I want to backtrack a little bit on how I'm like, never, ever, ever talk about a pregnant woman's body. I think it's more like, don't just walk up to her and start giving unsolicited comments about her body. If it comes up, if she's already talking about it, if she's asking you about it, if you say, hey, how are you doing? And she says, oh my gosh, I feel so big today. Or like, oh my gosh, you know, my back really hurts. Or if she opens the door and, or if I'm, if I'm posting pictures about, of myself, like I'm not expecting you to ignore them. Right. I think more what I meant was like, don't just randomly walk up to someone and say, oh my God, you look huge. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. someone else even like if emailed. You, if someone walked up to you and said, oh my gosh, you look huge. Would you like that? No. 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 Just think like about what you're saying if you would say it to yourself. And if you would like that comment, right. you might want to rehearse it in your head first. Just think about the yeah. connotations. Mm-hmm. And, and someone even messaged and they're like, okay, so if I'm not supposed to comment about how they look, like what? What am I supposed to say? Yeah. And I and at first I was like, what do you mean? But she said, you know, it feels insensitive to not comment. To not acknowledge. To not about acknowledge. Like she's they're like, having a child. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, you know, obviously this is like a big thing like for that's them. That's a big deal. I don't yeah. want to act like I'm ignoring it. And I was like, well, here's the thing. Being pregnant is by and large a passive experience. Like I'm not, you know, I'm working hard at it all the time, but I'm not like actively doing anything really, which means... There are a lot of other things that are going on in my life at the same time that no one has asked me about in about eight months. <laughs> and, you know, I think if you walk up to a friend or a, an, you know, an acquaintance or whoever who's pregnant and just ask like, hey, how are you? If they immediately walked into like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm still really sick or like, oh, I can't, you know, if they turn it into a conversation about their pregnancy, great. That's, then they want to talk about that. That's great. But if they're like, you know, my, like I'm doing good. Miles just started preschool, you know, whatever, like go down that road with them. Sure. Or ask them about literally just what would you talk to someone who wasn't pregnant about? Hey, how are your holidays? Yeah. Like, how's your family doing? How's your family doing? Did you go anywhere yeah. for Christmas? Like, cause pregnant women talk about being pregnant all the time. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that they are not going to be sorry for the opportunity to talk about something else. Good advice. 
So speaking of plans coming up, our episode 300 party is in a few weeks and we have a mere handful of tickets left. So if you did not get your tickets yet, you better jump on it. I can't guarantee by the time this episode airs that there will be tickets left. But check our Um, Instagram. Um, We have a highlight in our Instagram stories, an Instagram story highlight, if you will. Yes. That talks about where to get them. And also we will tell you on that highlight if they've sold out. Correct. And as the event gets closer, we may have a couple spots open. So if you miss out on tickets and you're like really, really wanting to come, just send us a message. And we can't wait to see everybody. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for food, podcast, Mean Girls, celebration at Alamo Draft House. Like I just keep thinking of how lucky you are to do this because it's my favorite space. It's one of my favorite spaces. And by the way, if you're listening and you're coming to the party, just know that when you check in, there is a bar just outside of the lobby that you can hang out in if the venue isn't open yet, but it's a really cool space. And sometimes they have live bands. So it's just a really cool place to come. So even if you want to come hang out early, there is a really cool bar attached to it as well. It's going to be so fun. Feel free to come dressed yeah. with Regina George if you want Regina to. Regina George with some sequins. Wear your glitter eyeliner. Don't actually bring glitter or anything that we would have to clean up, please. But you can wear it on your eyeliner. What's your, <laughs> yes, brand, you of, can. What's your brand of eyeliner? I like Urban Decay and Stila. Those are my favorites. I also want to note that Treats by Tilly will be there. We're going to have Cupcakes by Tilly. So please come with an empty stomach, ready for some tacos, ready for some cupcakes. You can buy alcoholic drinks if you desire. We're going to have just so much fun. So thank you guys in advance for uh, supporting the podcast by coming to see us in person. And then last but not least, we do have spots open still for our Tulum trip, which is in 2019, August. Yeah. 31st. Yeah. yeah. So if you will, we'll be posting about that a little bit more on social as yep. the new year, wind, you know, ramps up. But if you are interested in coming to Mexico with us and like 15 other really super fun people, it's going to be so fun. And there's going to be, it's going to be Each pretty low key time. too. Like, yeah. We're gonna do like some bike tours of Mayan ruins. We're going to spend a lot of time just like swimming in the ocean and playing in the ocean and doing beach workouts. Or you are welcome to sit on your towel and watch sit the rest of us beach. do beach workouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No judgment. You do not have to be in any type of CrossFit shape, whatever no. the heck that means. Absolutely not. You don't have to be in any kind of like workout, quote all, unquote, shape. You just come as you are. Yes. All you, you just have come to as you do are. is be in Mexico with fun people. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. So um, that's all we have for now. I also would like to apologize to everyone who thought I was getting ready to announce our baby name when I announced the name of our... <laughs> program i was like we have a name so many people have messaged me and they were like i thought you were gonna tell us your baby name i was like this feels like we i have actually been working harder to come up with a name for this freaking program than i have it's, for a name for my it's child. true it's so true oh my gosh <laughs> whoops um i've so, been holding off by the way about our party to to kind of right turn back to our party really quick i've been holding off on t- tagging dave castro so bad hold on continue to hold off Joy. is really that really want- why I, I feel like that's the real reason why you wanted me to like hold you're like don't put all the tickets on sale now i know it's because joy thinks dave castro is going to come oh. i really I think so. i don't think that would be the first thing i would want him to do i'd be like hey, i really dave, don't come nope. to our party tacos no, how, girls. Awkward, how awkward would that be i refuse to tag him Massively trust me awkward. i will not how awkward would that be it would be the he most rolls hot. up on his uh, his motorcycle gang, pulls up. Yeah, and we're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like West Side Story. And we're like, dude, right. <laughs> with Mean Girls, <laughs> and then Dave Castro and his motorcycle oh gang on the other side. And he comes in and he's like, "What are you doing?" It's like, <laughs> duh, Dave, we're watching Mean Girls. He would, 
yeah, that like, would be a very... where the targets were. No, anyway, that sorry. Would be a very weird. Experience I know to watch Mean Girls with Dave Castro. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna have like a weird dream about that later. Please don't. Doesn't that sound like a dream? Like last night I dreamt totally. that I was watching. I was in a theater watching Mean Girls with Dave Castro. It totally sounds like a dream. <laughs> I'm totally going to rethink that thought. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for this week. We will see you next time. Go to hellonet.com. Discount code GDW. Get some CBD. Get some amazing chapstick. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.